0: ¡Nintendo! Chat for the week of May 21st, 2015. I am Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Joining me this week, Per Schneider. Hi, Jose. Samuel Claiborne, oh, welcome back. everybody, thank you so much. And special guest, Chris Kohler from wire <laughs> yes!
1: yes, so nice to you again. Oh, man,
0: he's back. <laughs> so, Here Chris. Right, Chris Kohler appears. And, Chris, uh, I want to. I wanted you to talk about something that you mentioned to me before the podcast. I did. That's yes, a cool thing people need to know about.
2: Yes, this is an IGN Nintendo Voice Chat exclusive announcement. <laughs> I know. I know uh, the exclusives go over well here at IGN, so I wanted. To, <laughs> I wanted to have one too. You brought your I own died. for the show. Exactly. I like it. So a question that I always get. I brought with me a copy. This is a book I wrote it in uh, the year two thousand and four. It's called Power Up: How Japanese Video Games Gave the World an Extra Life, and it was published by Brady Games in 2004, and it went out of print in 2005. <laughs> uh, and uh-huh. It's very oh, hard to get your hands on this these days. People keep asking me, when is it coming back? When is it coming back? I am here to say... Power Up is coming back March 2016 right. uh, via Dover Publications. We are doing a second edition. We are not touching the, the the material that's already there. I have to just deal with it. You're not fixing Warts any typos. All. I'm not. Well, we're, we're gonna. Yeah, actually, we're <laughs> where there are actually um, very small like little errors and typos. We're fixing it, but in general, um, we're not changing the the book itself. Um, and this also means uh, that it's going to be available for the very first time in ebook format oh, because cool who
1: buys books anymore it's and actually the book over... that got me to play Ico by the way what
2: there, see so we, we're changing lives let and me so tell hopefully... you actually
1: this game changed my life at, in a very real way I bought this or actually my, my girlfriend uh, at the time who's now my wife she bought it for me for that's uh, my the, birthday and that's from, how you know from GameStop that's how you know she's a keeper by but the I, way I, I she buys you power up I know yeah. I, I was looking at it uh, a lot and she bought it at, at GameStop which I thought was funny yeah and, uh, and, I, and I, I read it and then I used it on my uh, my end of college like big research paper I got my degree in creative nonfiction writing. So I was writing about games and I was really interested in getting a job at IGN. Like I'd looked at resumes at IGN, or not resumes, I'd looked at job descriptions, and I was like, I'm gonna do this. Here's what I need to do. And I got my degree and I got a little job at a PBS channel locally. But I was really interested in writing about games. So I was like, well, I couldn't believe after reading uh, uh David Chef's book, uh, Game Over, that there was another book out there that I could read right after that, and this was it. And it just happened to be the the, the book I read and I used it in my paper. I used it, I cited it quite a bit, and it was a totally an honor to meet you eventually because it's really great. It's the story of Japanese video games and why they changed uh, uh, the US game industry. And uh, I just thought that was a really cool way to tell it. My favorite thing was the chapter about how Donkey Kong was this uh, the first game to tell a, a story in a meaningful way. I mean, you, met, you talk about Pac Man stuff in there, the cutscenes, but I just thought that was like a really interesting type of game writing. I never read in 2004. I mean, this is a long time ago. It is so a long time. Thanks for reading ago, this yes. book. It meant a lot to me. You make it feel you're old wow, now. Wow. Like wow. It
3: feels like you're like twice my age
2: right now, Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. yeah but yes. it totally got me into, into wanting the to write about
1: games. Turn of the century. Yeah.
2: Well, that's awesome. I I never, you know, I never knew that. I never knew that. That, and, uh, I have very a very nice ratty copy
1: of this so, yeah, on my shelf still, and we also—I always—we uh, included in this like books you should read about games uh, article we do around the holidays every year. So I'm glad mm-hmm. it's back in print because we, we we had plugged it before. I wrote a little uh, write-up on IGN about it, and then like nobody was able to get it. Now you can
2: actually—I wish you could plug it for this holiday season, but you know, like everything, print, everything yeah. Yeah. we you know we it had got delayed. delayed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: everything gets delayed. So my understanding is this book was based off of your graduation thesis, yes, which was called—correct uh, me if I'm wrong—the cinematic Japanese video Indeed. Uh, and this is when you studied at tufts university mm-hmm. in massachusetts yeah so talk a little bit about approaching this thesis i mean at the time we're talking like 2002 i still uh, roughly there i'm guessing right uh, yeah. Early early 2000. Yeah, I feel like video games in in most schools still it still wasn't something that I feel like was very discussed on campus. At least it's not totally in, how was, in the but... academic sense. Discussed right. on campus. So why don't you talk a little bit about like sort of approaching this thesis and sort of deciding this is what I want to do.
2: Video game. It was it was a couple of years. It was only a couple of years after this very. Um, it's it's there's there's a very well known uh, in in these circles uh, event that took place at MIT in the year 2000 that I got to go to, mm-hmm. and it was um, Henry Jenkins, uh, the guy who ran MIT's Media Lab at the time, like, did an academic conference about video games. It was, like, the first time this had really ever been done. Uh, Gabe Newell went there. uh, Gabe Newell, Warren Spector, was there. A lot of people who were going to be really changing the video game industry um, were at this conference. Um, And it was just really at that time that, like, games were kind of starting to attract that level of academic attention. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was very... Very, very weird for me in the Japanese program at Tufts University to go and say, I want to study video games, I want to do my graduation thesis on Mm -hmm. Japanese video games. Um, But I had great mentors there uh, who, you know, um, they were very well versed in Japanese film and other aspects of... Japanese visual culture. I mean, I, I took a class my sophomore year um, about Japanese visual culture, and I'm like, oh man, video games just dovetail into Japan. Was it talked about in you know, the class? Were video games
1: talked about in the class? Yeah, a little bit good, towards yeah. the end. That's, um, what, that's what my Japanese like pop culture classes always were. It was always like a bunch of manga and anime stuff. Yeah, never really talked about games. So it was great to be able to like write about that for those classes and be like, you know, hopefully introduce the <laughs> professor to that, that that angle.
2: Right, and we started with you know A and. The, the woodblock prints, you know, that sort of thing, yeah. which are um,
1: so pop-looking. They're crazy absolutely. cool. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely, for someone who doesn't know what that means, why don't you give them the, the elevator pitch? Like someone listening who doesn't know,
2: there was there uh, yeah. was just one on uh, the, the 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 last few episodes of Mad Men, the print of the octopus, <laughs> the a woman. You know, um, but they're not all like that. But there was there was that there sort a of, a of sexual those, element yeah. to a lot of them, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but it just basically, I was learning in school that Japan just had this incredibly, if if the development of West and popular culture was based around the word, based around the novel. Then the development of Japanese culture and popular culture was very absolutely prized the image mm-hmm. uh, for for centuries. You know, for a millennium even, and and that and it sort of the light bulb goes off in my head. It's like, oh man, well that's why Japan grew these amazing video game creators who were so fluent. I think in the medium from its very beginnings mm-hmm. is because they are just they just grew up not uh, with with words, but they grew up with pictures and they grew up with. Manga, and everybody mm-hmm. read manga. Yeah. All so our totally favorite, sense
1: like, me. video game designers from that era can sketch you a perfect image of the characters they invented. Yeah. They're amazing visual artists, and they painted with pixels. You know, when in the U.S., you get games like Adventure, where it's just like this is like representational cave painting type stuff. Yeah, it,
2: well, it's programmer the, art. And yeah, I mean, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people mm-hmm. were doing amazing things. I mean, Adventure is you know this I mean, that that created the console adventure game genre. From you know, out of which grew Legend of Zelda. But you you had to be a computer programmer. But in Japan, you you saw guys like like you know Miyamoto, who had absolutely no idea what he was doing. Uh, you know, as far he could not program a computer, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he could design a video game. And yeah. you saw those guys getting elevated in Japan first. Mm-hmm. So cool, yeah. yeah.
1: But and a lot continue? of that's covered in this book,
2: and I it, and I do recommend exactly. it. exactly. Right? And so that's what Happy I was really trying it. to get at. There's there's so many books now
1: about video games. Like I know in 2004, that exploded.
2: came out, there were very no, that's very That's like
1: I read Game Over, mm-hmm. and I had like books about you know old arcade games and like histories and stuff like that. But very little. And this is still a hard book to do because you, it's, you can't really talk to people in Japan about the games they made back in the day very easily, especially in Nintendo. It was impossible in 2004. Yes. I was I you was incre-
2: I, I'll tell you I was incredibly lucky uh, that um, because first of all when I wrote this book I didn't have a job yet, yeah. so nobody really had to talk to me. And for some really strange reason I met Miyamoto at an E3, mm. and um, I kind of mentioned that I had studied in Kanazawa, which in Japan, which is where he that's where he went uh-huh. to college. Mm. I tried to just make that connection. And when I went and I moved to Kyoto, I was a a Fulbright scholar. I did a Mm -hmm. Fulbright scholarship to do this book. And um, I moved to Kyoto and I wrote to Miyamoto and I was just like, hey, so um, can I do an interview with you? And for some weird reason, he actually responded and was like, yes. Uh, come to Nintendo's office, and we can we can do an interview for so this. That's book. The, and this the was room. it was one of the most extensive interviews with Miyamoto. It, it, it lasted hours. Yeah. It was one of the most extensive interviews with him to that point that had ever been done. I read for this book every interview with Miyamoto. Yeah. There were not that many yeah. interviews. There were with like, with like weird ones from Nintendo <laughs> Power and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like and really and
1: dinky little interviews.
2: And it was just trying to. And there was a lot of companies just shut me down. They just shut me down. Like all I, I right. was not able to make any headway with Square Enix at all to talk to like Sakaguchi or anything yep. like that wow. and so I just had to like piece together the scraps of information that I had yeah. which is again part of the sort of embarrassing part of like putting it back out there again it's like the 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 level of scholarship the level mm-hmm. of journalism of reporting on these these games has has just gone exponentially since then but I really want to get it Cool, man. back out there. So. Right, cool, it feels it. like
3: we know so much about these game creators now that when you're bo- when you're scheduling an interview, yeah. you kind of get trapped in the. Well, I guess we'll talk about your latest game and like and try to find some of the topics, yeah. right? Because we've explored them so much. But but back then, obviously there was.
2: I I love even today like trying to Shanghai interviews with when I mean you know I did oh, an yeah. interview. Remember when Donkey Kong Country uh, came mm-hmm. around for the Wii and um, Kensuke Tanabe was was going around doing interviews yes, for that. Super Mario Brothers too. He made Super Mario Brothers too. <laughs> Nobody had ever asked him about that. So I yeah, just took up, I took up half the interview asking about Super Mario yeah. Brothers 2, and the guy <laughs> wow. says Very to me. Same thing. If the guy says to me, "Go back and read this interview." I'm like, "So what's up with um, you know? Why did you ha- like go make you know even Metroid Prime?" And He was like, "Oh, well, I went to make Metroid Prime because I developed an alcohol problem, and they were like, you know, if we start sending this, maybe if we send this guy to, to America, Texas. it'll kind of break him out of his routine a little bit." And like that was, and he was it just was very, and it's like nobody had asked him these questions before. Yeah. It's so it's so frustrating and sad when a lot of these stories are are going yeah. away. So and, you know. and obviously,
3: the challenge, and you know, we we get this more so in the entertainment world when we interview movie stars is the moment you veer off topic there's somebody in the room and says no no no, no we're, we're just gonna mm-hmm. talk right. about this game right now that, or this movie right and now and that yeah. always
2: yeah. happens in some, video games yeah, too it's a bummer I, I try, try to sneak, sneak it in, in as much as I can <laughs> oh for sure for yeah, sure yeah, Later, we yeah. will shut you down yeah. in some case but yeah. no sorry that's we what happens with
0: Nintendo that. a lot mm-hmm. so, yeah. you went, so you visited Nintendo then as a Fulbright scholar can you yeah. talk a little bit about that experience you know sort of you went to the white room I'm assuming yeah the white room that's the one no one there's nothing in there I never got
2: any further than the white room which is sort of amazing a woman came out with little little tiny glasses of tea and little snacks and things like mm. that that she she brought out. Um this and in
1: that like iconic Kyoto like white face building. That yes, you, yeah. and I actually went
2: twice. The first time was like as soon as I got there, and I sat down with Miyamoto, and I was very confident that I didn't need a translator, and uh, that was wrong. Um, <laughs> but we had really great conversations that are, you know, that are that make up part of the book. And then I went back um, with Mr. Miyamoto and his longtime translator, Mr. Minagawa, who yeah, you was always one. say, very re- really tall guy, <laughs> um, really <laughs> smart, really sharp translator, and it only um, translates and half
3: of what Miyamoto says.
2: This in this yeah? in this time it, it, in, at, during this interview. He absolutely <laughs> nailed every single oh, okay. thing for sure. He says no,
3: no, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but uh, we—that's when we did the really crazy, long-ranging kind of interview. and I got down to you know everything, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a super huge trip uh, to be 24, no, 22, 22, 23, mm. and Jeez. like wander into Nintendo's office. And then you know, a couple blocks away from Nintendo's current offices is the old Nintendo Playing Cards building. Which, if you know how to find it, if you so wander down an side street, I think you street, tweeted you know, that out recently make a on Google Maps. That, yeah.
1: like you found the Google mm-hmm. Map. Like I walked, I walked there by memory on Google Maps Street View, it? okay, yeah, it Maps really street view. Yeah. and it's
3: got that metal sign on the door, right? Oh like yeah, that. once yeah. you get there,
2: you know it because you know. there's a sign in English that says the Nintendo Playing Card Company. It's uh-huh. unmistakable. But places don't have
1: addresses in Japan, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> it looks like an old firehouse or something too. Like it's yeah. a, it's an like old just brick, yep, non-distinct building. And they never, I mean,
2: they don't lock their doors in Japan in general, like, nobody locks their front doors because the front door to your house is not the the gateway to your house. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Uh, The front door to your house is not the gateway to your house. The... The the entryway, past the entryway, that's the gateway. So when you have a, a random visitor, they just walk right into your entryway and they say, hi, are you here? So Nintendo, that building, they didn't lock the door. So I waltzed right in. And I go in and, I mean, it's like going into the, the you know, somebody like a the tomb of King Tutankhamun. The walls, <laughs> it's a small little lobby, but the walls are all covered with these ancient, you know, 150-year-old playing cards wow. all the old Nintendo Unsplett. Hanafuda are all on the walls it's like super dark in there mm-hmm. you know and I'm just looking around and just like my, my jaw is dropping at all this stuff and there's a, and then I see there's an old man like sitting in an office in the corner who turns to me and says in Japanese like no field trips <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like whoops and I walked right out of there that's probably the next, his job all ne- day. the yeah. next the next <laughs> time the that I field went, trips guy the next time I went back, they'd started locking the doors. Oh, oh Chris, man. you, no, you no, are so I ruined it for
1: everybody. No, no. Lock picks and, you know, locks in Japan. You can pick them just one specific type of lock. So you, you bring can, your yeah, lock picking exactly. you <laughs>
2: out. Yeah, okay. they don't use credit cards a lot there. so They <laughs> no. have no idea about that trick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> My last question to you yeah. about uh, sort of I, you do have to defend your thesis, correct? Yes. So, what was that like? I mean, you were defending a thesis about video games. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. You didn't get a
2: wedgie? Nobody (laughs) gave you (laughs) a
1: wedgie.
2: What what, (laughs) is school like where you come from? Uh, From Germany? I'm I'm from (laughs) Germany. It's all fun. Yeah. Desire. I mean, this book
1: is about the art and storytelling and stuff like that, <laughs> like concepts that were probably pretty easy for your professors to grasp. And, and Exactly. And, 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 well, I mean, I, yeah, the people the I was defending the
2: thesis against were professors that I'd worked with for years. Mm-hmm. And so I knew what they knew. And so, I mean, it was really sort of putting it into yeah. context of, yeah, I mean, you know, this is an advancement of the of the work that you're doing. So, yeah, I ended up, yeah, I did okay. I graduated.
0: Cool. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a happy ending cool. to this story. Tell folks where they could buy this
2: book again. Um, so uh, very soon, in the next days, weeks, I mean, there should be uh, listings appearing on Amazon, Barnes and Noble for the new version, which is by Dover Publications. So you can pre-order it. I don't want you to think that you have to pre-order it. These are not Amiibos. Uh, these are not. There's no GameStop exclusive chapter. Like, don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. You don't have to pre-order it, but you can if you want to. Um, and then actually, if you uh, you might even be able to wait because Dover, on their actual website, once the book comes out. We'll do bundles where you can buy the the paperback version and the ebook version for like a significantly reduced uh, price. Okay. So that might be a good thing for you know if, if you're a collector like me and you just want to put something on the shelf and then never actually touch it.
1: Yeah. You know, like hmm. amiibos. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you if you go. ever right. write a paper for school, it's better to have the hard copy.
2: If you ever write a paper to school, I really suggest that you try to get it published as a book and get some money for it.
1: No, no, I'm saying you if go. you I'm need to really write much. a paper and say oh, yeah. this like I did.
2: Oh, it's better to have the hard copy yeah. so you can bring it in, basically, yeah. and be like, this yeah. really, this book really exactly. exists. Yeah. Right. True. True do you enough. Do
0: ever approach a book about Nintendo again or about Japanese video games again? You know, I know you uh, did retro video game hacks, which wasn't that. Yeah,
2: yeah. I love um, the idea of like writing another book, but uh, at, like, at this point in my life, in 2004, it was really easy because I didn't have a job, as I said, mm-hmm. so I had a whole lot of time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, it's like like I have a lot I have a lot on my plate right. so yeah. you know Maybe one day before I die. Totally.
3: But they're really for now, interesting.
2: I'm going to write a new chapter for this book. Yeah. So, yeah. You yeah. should have Andy, Andy to do it. It's gonna, I will have yeah. Andy eddy do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes.
3: Go. Now, I mean, there's so, so many interesting stories to be told about Japanese development now, right? Like you see, it's like the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Look at Konami, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly Nintendo has seen its ups and downs. And I, like.
2: I wrote this book. I finished <laughs> off this book just as uh, Japan in general was about to go off a cliff, right, yeah. as far as uh, their... Um, influence worldwide Mm -hmm. and also the the domestic Japanese video game console industry in general and then also I wrote this book just as Nintendo was about to emerge from its 2004 total obscurity uh, into, you know, just world beating with the DS and, uh, yeah, Ah. wow. Mm-hmm. very so, cool so it was like it was really ill-timed the whole thing was just terrible timing <laughs> like your last sentence is like and thus the
3: company is doomed
2: yeah, well, actually, they're about no. to announce the we. I will tell you in this book uh, there is a whole there is a section towards the end at which I talk about um this is true uh <laughs> The, the possibly Japanese games helping out with the gender gap, which I think it absolutely did. Okay. Um, and then a, there's a section called Is Simpler Better? in which uh, Satoru Wada talks about um, what the game industry needs are simpler, more accessible video games. Oh. And that absolutely spelled mm. out that's what fine. Nintendo was about to do. Sounds so that's yeah. cool. It was in there. And it every iOS
3: there. developer ever. Well, <laughs> of yeah. course.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. We follow suit. Yes. Absolutely. Alright, well thank you Chris for sharing that with us. And thank, now, you. Let's thank you for allowing me to do that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Alright, so let's jump into then some Splatoon impressions we've all been playing it we're in the middle of reviewing it i guess because it comes out on may 29th in north america i think on the 28th if you're in japan and australia and you're listening to this and there's another global test fire coming up, so I'm sure people still want to hear more impressions of Splatoon. So anything's open in campaign, there is a limitation on Nothing Past World 3. Yeah, that we and, can talk about. Uh, we can't anything talk about. with multiplayer. So I, all. I mean,
1: I, I was really, after knowing everything about Splatoon and everything, I, the big unknown for me was single player. So mm-hmm. the fact that I've been playing it and enjoying it is like, that's, I think, really good. I like that they spent some time on making cool puzzles in single player and that it feels good. You know, I... I can't talk about the later stuff. The like single no. player
2: Splatoon is on, like is is like Super Mario Galaxy three yep. with with paint with ink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's I mean first of all like I mean as you play through levels you, you realize they are laid out absolutely like Mario Galaxy levels. They where totally there. The you're star are, that shoots you to another yeah, planet. Yeah, like right. So so that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're really brilliant. I mean each mm-hmm. each individual mm-hmm. level it's just very much like Mario Galaxy has one unique thing, and then it does that thing yeah, exactly. from teaching you how to do it, to raising the challenge, to giving you one last challenge, mm-hmm. and then the, you move on to the next level, and it's a it's a totally different thing That's right. um, from, you know, just totally different applications of like using the paint from, uh, I, I don't want to mention things because I forget yeah. what world they're in, uh-huh. but there's like... No, I'm not even going to mention it. There's but it's like the puzzles <laughs>
3: build on each other too, yeah, right? Like good. when yeah. you encounter the first boss, it establishes this visual and functional style of how mm-hmm. this boss functions. Then you encounter the second one and like it kind of builds on the concept that, yeah. that you've learned, which is, you know, vintage Nintendo. And I, I will say like, you know, I, I thought the single player was going to be much more kind of like a, a slightly more elaborate single player version of fighting bots in order to yeah. beat a level. And yeah. it's not. It's no, like, it's very yeah. different. It is much more like a galaxy without the, the focus on
0: jumping yeah.
1: it's but, about getting yep. to a place or beating a boss it's not about like clear out all the enemies in an area mm-hmm. yeah, so right
0: the levels that do have the uh Octa- I'm, I'm sorry the octarian bots, though the the female looking the bots. Yeah. yeah yeah those are probably the more forgettable levels of the yep. game and they do reuse that idea that's what it that's what i was afraid to it was gonna flaw. be yeah, yeah which yeah. is and to be fair though i feel like a lot of companies that make uh shooters struggle with you know sort of what AI, how difficult AI is to fight and sort of the behaviors around AI. Like, obviously, Halo got it right. The minute you fight an elite in, like, Halo, you notice mm. and you know that it's reacting to everything you're doing. Whereas the Arctarians just kind of run up to you and don't really
3: and, show any sort of uh, preservation. And defeating them doesn't feel special. It does Right? Like, that's, the, that's one of the issues. It's like if if bots, if you know how to beat this the first bot and then more come it's yeah. it's not an amazing experience right, right? so I don't mind
2: yeah. it getting it it, yeah. it gets sprinkled I think there's yeah. like there seems there's so far there seems to be like just one of those per world mm-hmm.
1: um that's fine yeah. you yeah. know that, that's all right no, you I'm guys, with you. it's not an issue like in playing online which I haven't at all uh, have you guys noticed people that are like really really talented at like moving through the split chain oh, world yeah. oh yeah. because uh, they make them like skate parks and in my you know experience as single player and at events and stuff like that like I just like I feel like I'm not moving the right way for these worlds.
3: You you can learn by watching others play. Yeah. And, like, because the areas are confined, like, you'll notice some, you know, like, you, you fall through grates, right? If you turn into a squid, you'll fall through yeah. grates. And, like, you can use all that to your advantage, like, shooting somebody and then falling through the grate when somebody attacks you back. Mm-hmm. Or, like, swimming or, like, splattering a, a pillar and then yeah. swimming up the pillar yeah. and, and being basically the the sniper on the tower. Right. like all of that That's stuff cool. you learn by observing other players but people yeah.
1: aren't moving around like Tony Hawk or something like really really
3: fluidly
0: um, mm-hmm. I have the occasional game where I'm pretty good I've seen other games where I feel um, like, I,
2: feel like I, I think like it a matters boost
0: by boost by, by weapon though like I th- think the, the question ultimately is answered by well what weapon are you using because th- I think that plays a big role in your strategy okay. mm-hmm. for example like the splat roller you know leaves this lane of paint behind you you're able to sort of paint areas very quickly but if you see another enemy <laughs> you know okay I need to retreat like your first yeah. impulse if they're facing you well, if they're, to if they're
2: facing you, get yeah. out of the way. Yeah. If they're if they're turned away from you, yeah. Go for you can it. kill them instantly. Yeah. I, che- I've, actually, I've actually just been using Splat Roller since I got the splat roller. I've been really enjoying it because what happens is the The match starts off, and everybody runs every which direction. Yeah. and I just meticulously paint our base. <laughs> yeah. I just paint everything in the base because no because hey, yeah. turf is turf first yep. of all. Yeah. Uh, depending on the map, it's yep. it's really unlikely that anybody's gonna get up there in the first place. They stop you from kind of spawn camping so you can, you know, you can freely kind of paint a lot of the area around yeah. your base without really having to worry. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, I will say this. I, I don't like it when Nintendo forces you to use a certain controller without really needing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate that you can only use the gamepad in the situation because I do find mm. myself constantly referencing that map. Mm-hmm. Because I, I glance yeah. out at the map and I'm like, okay, what needs to happen? What isn't the enemy doing? Where didn't they go? Did the enemy forget to paint some of the sort of nooks and crevices around their base? If they did, I'm going to try to sneak past everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to squid through this ink past everybody and paint some of the stuff that they're forgetting to paint. The map is
3: crucial because it's... I mean, we talked about it, how it is really the most brilliant setup for a kind of capture the flag, right? Like where the very color of the of the of ground. the arena and the ground determines whether you're in the lead or not and you have constant yeah. you have a constant frame of reference but not to the point where you can't turn around the game and what's amazing right. is the tension that arises when you see oh my god they're back in our camp yeah. and like yeah. the color you just see the color right you don't yeah. always see the enemy you see the color taking over you're like ah you well, know? that's what
0: enters your mind immediately the second you haven't seen an enemy in a while you're just like well they're back in yep. our base you yep. glance right. down at the map and then you realize it i will say this though that too that they painted
2: over a yeah. lot of 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 But
0: the more you play the maps that this game ships with, the more you are quick to identify from that top-down perspective on the gamepad, what are the crucial control points? What are the areas that okay, if we control the lower rectangle and most of the upper rectangle and like Salt Spray Rig, I think is the name of the place? You know, immediately we've got this map. Yeah, Salt Spray Rig is really
2: interesting because that's one I think in which painting your whole base is important because you, you can jump off of that area, but getting back up onto it is really difficult, mm, that's right. so the chances of the enemy getting back up into your base area are very low, yeah. so you really should paint that whole thing because nobody's going to come up there and mess with it and then just forget about it for the rest of everything and concentrate on those two, the square in the top and yeah. the square in the bottom. But the thing is, the pathways to those places, those are just going to get painted over again and again and yep. again, mm-hmm. so you really don't want to worry about that until... Thing we were talking about before the podcast, those last, that 30 seconds at the end, when when you think to yourself, okay, we only have 30 seconds, so anything I paint, there's a good chance it's actually not gonna get painted over again, so now it's sort of like, I'm gonna run a path with my splat roller, and just try to, you know, paint over as much of the other color as I possibly can, very willy-nilly um, in the hopes that that's I mean, there, there have been some matches where we've won it by a couple of percentage points yeah. um, and you can kind of look down and I can see the path that I took, yeah. just running around where nobody else was at that point yeah, and splat- I
3: love when you're following a splat roller like if a splat roller is in front of you and they are oblivious of your existence and they paint the ground and you're just behind them and paint over it, it's like the yeah. old Pink Panther yeah. cartoon yeah. Well, you that, know? Was, that was what was so talk about good.
0: actually, when you are when I have been using the splat roller, I also like to notice when another splat roller is behind me because I do play the game of chase. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't see you. Dip into the ink, swing back around, (laughs) get rid of them, (laughs) gain over again and again. Uh And I will say I appreciate as well that Um, each category of weapon, when they make these small changes to the weapons, it ultimately impacts the way you play. So for example, if you have the splatter shot, which is the gun that you see the amiibo holding, uh, you know, it's sort of a a mid-range rifle, right? Whereas there's a long-range version that doesn't quite fill in the area closest to you as quickly. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to focus on, well, I need to, I'm not painting the same way with this brush, is I guess what I'm trying to say, because if I do, it's taking me longer to do that, and I'm honestly more effective if I'm helping paint other areas that are in a long distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tons of, tons of strategy. And I do like that Nintendo kind of picked up on that. In, sh- in a shooter today, it's not enough to just have cool weapons and, yeah. and dump them into a map and you're done right? Like, mobility plays a big part in how these matches unfold, and being smart on how you move is part of that. So
3: that my, my issue with the E3 demo, right? Like, I came out of E3, and I'm like, yeah, this could be a good game, but I wasn't feeling it yet. Right, like, yeah. I wasn't that impressed, and like, a lot of our fans I think said, it looks great, what are you guys talking about, right? Like, as the person having played it, I didn't really like the way the gun felt, and mm-hmm. like, the, the kind of sense you got from taking out an enemy, but like, now with the variety, and I think the roller really made that game for me. The first time you yeah. did roll, so it just dead. feels so intuitively mm-hmm. wonderful yep. and seeing the paint effects and everything just splatter, it's, it's like, just yeah, and like and again, a little you at you that just, point. If,
2: if all you want to do is try to stealth and paint when nobody is noticing and you don't really you, if you don't want to get into one-on-one conflicts with other enemies that much, then that is a good yep. weapon to grab. And that's what I think is ultimately what makes this game so special is that even
0: that contribution is huge to your team winning yes. the game.
2: Yeah. Now the yeah. problem with this is um, that's here on this podcast called Nintendo Voice Chat mm. is that the game does not have voice chat Yes, and it is a heavily strategic game. Hey, we're like, it's so, and I, I, <laughs> uh, no, I we're not allowed to talk about that. Sorry. No,
3: I said we're not allowed to talk no, about no, no, that. We're not allowed to talk about that. He's joking. He's uh, joking. Are, people are divided when when we bring up that issue, right? There, there are a lot of Nintendo fans who say uh, whenever I go online and and hear somebody in voice chat they're, they're nasty people so I don't want to hear him They're not talking about the friendly experience, yeah. right? Yeah. Like,
2: we we love that experience of like right. playing with I'm friends. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying yeah. that you like, I'm going to force people to listen to whatever no, no. randos they <laughs> yeah. end up in this, in this match with. Of course, then again, Nintendo really would be saying that because I mean, another issue is that like, Right now, you you can't even you can't even like pick a team of people and play with those people. Like yeah. you, you can just yeah. you can play with just your friends if you want that? to. They, that yeah. Are. Yeah. Yeah. they are. Yeah, they And the thing long is, long. they've already kind of preemptively said, oh, in August we're going to roll out matchmaking and lobbies and teams it's, and things. That's, that's, that's a weird and they, thing to delay. And they have yeah. to
3: at that point add weapon set swapping. Oh yeah. While you are wait- waiting, like I oh, feel yeah, like the oh. bigger than the limitation of the of the voice chat because like sometimes I, I just love leaning back playing and not having to worry about talking to. To anybody. Right. The moment Jose pops into my team or into my my enemy group, I'm like, man, I sure would love to say and hi. In a yeah. Or tell him Or tell him, hey, I'm gonna go buy a new weapon right, right. now. Come on out of the room because you know, otherwise, there's no chance I can ever find him again. You know, the, the the again, problem you know? Is
2: people are gonna people are gonna use Ventrilo or people are gonna use some chatting, mm-hmm. Skype or whatever it is service. And they're going to be dominating um, online. If you're oh, that, playing in ranked battles,
1: they're just gonna they're gonna be yeah, talking that could, to each that other. That could totally unbalance the game. Right? Somebody
2: is yeah. just simply and people are gonna be. Oh my god! Us. How are they? How do they? You know? How are they working together Wizards. so well? Yeah. So I just want to be able to tell everybody like, Hey, everybody! I have a roller. I'm painting our base. That's go. Yeah. Or I want to be able to tell everybody, Hey, everybody! Like you know, draw all the enemies up to the front and I'll sneak into their base and paint it. If I could just let people know what I'm doing, yeah. we could we could be much more effective.
1: What's mm-hmm. it like going from Destiny to uh to oh. uh, Splatoon and well, back? Well,
0: I only talk to my friends in Destiny, so uh it's not really that different like if I'm playing like
1: uh something like, that's like Like you've been machinate. playing Destiny nonstop.
0: though. I have. Yeah. Oh no? no, I mean it's they're they're uh unique in their own way, right? Although I am impressed that uh, Splatoon does have like a uh, gear rerolling for example and things like that like the gear plays an important role it's not just sort of to make uh, each one of us like look really cool oh yeah um there are actual little perks involved and i think that was really smart that they picked up on yep. that that they picked up on mobility i mean destiny uh, is is more loot driven if if the loot is compelling you enough to stay on the game uh, whereas with splatoon i feel like there is something a bit different happening in every multiplayer match. Like, I'm not a big fan of Destiny PvP. I absolutely adore oh, Splatoon really? PvP. Oh, so. really? Okay. Yeah. But well, there you yeah, go. But yeah, so no Destiny, expert,
3: you Destiny I mean, I played a ton with Jose, and it was really about the camaraderie of, like, working together, trying that's to right. overcome, like, the, you know, the AI enemy. Um, and, like, so it's it's a very different game, and that one really lives off of voice chat because of the collaboration. And, like, at launch, that's not going to be built into Splatoon, you know, the collaboration aspect because you're not going to... you. You know, we, we could be friends, but we might not be on the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, I was surprised at the level of progression in Splatoon because I had initially thought it would be more like a Mario Kart with more maps open in the beginning. You just jump in and, like, basically what you get in the beginning of the game is the same as what you get later. Well, you unlock more characters in Mario Kart, but, like, the weapons stay the same, right? Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. this game, like, you get new abilities, you get new specials that you hadn't new seen. Sets, in the very yeah. beginning, you can't even get the roller, right? right. Like you had have to earn the right to ro- get, uh, get the role. At level yeah. 10, you can enter match uh, yeah, right. rank yeah. matches, yeah. which That's you like can. That's like kind of far
1: for multiplayer, like, yeah, com- competitive games.
3: But style, I though. didn't expect this in Splatoon. I thought really? Nintendo right. would play it much more like a Mario Kart.
0: Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. were just yeah, yeah.
2: everybody got to use everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but, but well, even in Mario in Mar-
0: Kart, everything unlocks over time. Yeah. Sorry, like you do need to build up sort of a coin... Uh, yeah, you need to amount. play it by yourself a lot.
3: Yeah, stages. Yeah, and this one if is you more. You want that gold card to so good? Like the good.
0: Parts, yeah, the, the, exactly <laughs> what Sam's talking about. Oh, like that's right. Wheels, yeah, no, yeah. it, it does have that, it's Yeah, lighter. but
2: the cart. I mean, getting cart parts in Mario Kart is more of sort of a lateral kind of shift.
1: Yeah. Like you know, plus it's they like, were okay, well, randomized in the last one. Yeah. You know, do
2: you want to use a motorcycle yeah. with huge wheels? It's like that's yeah. well, not necessarily going to give you a distinct advantage over somebody else. But in this in this case, it's like gear that ups your defense. You yeah, know, it's yeah, not yeah. a lateral move. It's, it's really, it's it's climbing. So, I mean, that's why they want you to just keep playing the game so you can keep leveling up, so you can keep getting mm-hmm. better stuff. They're trying to effectuate that sort of positive cycle. Yeah. And then what they want to do is, when people get sick of the fact that they can only... I mean, another thing is, they, they're cycling these maps out um, randomly. How do you feel about that? I, I mean... Well, that's for the beta, though. Re- no. no, it's retail. Uh-huh. Yeah, retail.
0: Every four hours, it's going to shift in a new set of maps, maps for each uh-huh. mode. There are only two modes shipping. when. Well, one technically shipping when this comes out. Ranked play opens later on once the community has reached a certain number. Right. And then Which two, be two be more modes fast.
2: are coming between now and You can't ever vote on a map or something like
0: that? No. You? You don't it, vote on maps only, ever.
2: No, yeah. Only two maps are ever available mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, one mode. For, for battle.
1: So in the Capture the, the Territory game that you guys like a lot, you play that same map a whole lot. Two right? maps, yeah, yeah. and well, like, they, well, it's two maps, and it just goes back and yeah. forth between. But them you can Four pick. hours later, another
2: one will come in.
3: But yeah. that's a that that was a limitation. I thought I was going to be super annoyed at that limitation, but mm-hmm. honestly, just bad. playing over and over and over, like I didn't get sick of the maps. But maybe honestly. you will. I mean, the one thing in, I will in say in three weeks, though, you know? I, I wish I would know what map I'm getting because I would use the roller on certain ones and not yeah. on they other ones. Show, show you
1: ahead be. of time. No. I don't know
2: what. Well, they do. They do tell you what maps are going to be in the rotation. Okay. Yeah, but, but but I don't, don't know, know, know what problem one. they're trying to solve yeah. with this. Like, I yeah, don't that really, is a
1: weird decision. Typically,
2: no, Nintendo does something weird. It's like, oh, well, they're trying to solve such and such <laughs> they, they, a problem. I'm, yeah. I'm really confused as like, to what the pair,
0: problem is. Like, pair I know, doesn't like the skate park. So, for example, there's a lot with of the ramps roller. there, and the roller just doesn't go oh, up the inclines sure. very well. You yeah. yeah. we have to kind of sort of paint the lowest area possible or jump
2: and, to higher and areas. And you were saying what you want is, when as you're waiting there for a match to start, you want to be able to play with your long. Yeah. yeah. And, I uh, mean,
3: ideally, I want to see who's on my team so that I can already, like, right. say, hey, we've got three rollers on the team. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. go we for a different gun, three gun, right? Rollers. like yeah, It true. does, I will say, it somehow charmingly works out because, yeah. like, sometimes you're like, oh, God, we all have the same gun, and then you win, and it's a great <laughs> victory, and, like, yeah. it somehow works, and they did a really nice job balancing it. I thought I was going to hate the two-map limitation, but, like, after playing, like, game after game for hours, I actually noticed him, I'm like, wait, I... Have a huge problem with it. Right yeah, I don't, now. Re, yeah, I don't, I don't really I, what, what mind. But what I do yeah. have a problem with is the freaking like street, street pass game effect of having to sit through the cutscene with the squid see- oh, sisters. Yeah. <laughs> like you start the game off, uh, off, the game's super fun, right? So I want to jump in right away and I get a, a text only blah,
2: blah, 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 blah cutscene
3: saying today's maps are, yeah. and like it makes you sit through that whole thing. Like all you have to I say. Do, I do, yeah. I, I
2: will say <sighs> for now, I really do like that they used uh, the, the, the skip uh, style of um, uh, text of of, of well, I don't know what you even call it the, yeah, the, the switch. The it's randomized an Animal Crossing. It's called yeah.
1: like B- 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 Babel or that? Yeah. there's a name for animalese. it. But it's animalese. Animalese. Uh, yeah, but it's more, but it's more, it, Babelese, but
2: it's more soo- it more sounds like, uh, like um, Chibi Robo and yeah. Gift Pia <laughs> and <laughs> <the> Skip <laughs> Games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: yeah I so like that. I'm not. I have no problem with the style and freaking Tuxedo Cat is amazing, right? Like Dude, yeah, all the, characters, the characters are really cute. All the characters are great.
2: I mean, this this is yeah. so frustrating. I mean, reading, reading the Iwata asks about this or they underscore, oh yeah, these are the first characters that EA has done in 14 years. 14 yeah. years. Um, it, they're so good at it. Yeah. You know, sure, yeah. like they're so great. These are great, great, great characters, um, and it's just so frustrating I that like this, clear, uh, this uh, organization pack, yeah. within Nintendo is just tasked with only just doing Mario and it, Zelda games forever yeah. because hmm. when they actually do original new characters look at how the community responded to the Splatoon characters That's right. um, Squid with, is awesome with just all the fan art and the enthusiasm that's happened after E3 yeah. they're designed so well, the Squid is great um,
0: generic names and the the bosses too yeah. I'll say that yeah, the that's, bosses, that's, the boss fights are great. Talk, Everything is we really We talked about that. It's really it, cool. is, Little feat.
3: it is a pity that they don't spend the extra time to say, "Hey, we're going to really make this a character. Give the character a name and build him up," right? It is you you're still getting boy and girl. I'm sure that Squid. will change over time, but like they they're very old school that way. It's like it's No, you know? I mean,
2: they let you I mean, it's they let you customize your boy and girl characters <laughs> um with with skin tones, which again, is... I I look at Splatoon and I see Nintendo listening, I think, to Western fans because yeah. when the skin tone argument kind of happened during Animal Crossing and people mm. were just like, yeah. I want my villager to look like me, not because we both wear a green shirt, but because I want him to have dark skin um, or, or, you know, whatever. They, You can do that. You can make, a you know, a character that is black as night in, in Splatoon, mm. yeah. which is awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, as someone who uh, noticed that in Animal Crossing, I will say that was a bummer. And the answer was yeah. sit in the sun for like eight hours. I'm like, no, I'm not leaving No, my no, 3DS out, yeah, exactly. Like, for
2: that long. I'm not suntan.
1: <laughs> I'm tan for I'm
2: life. Latino.
1: <laughs> right. People said that? You Pretty could, much. They I recommend the suntan technique in Animal Crossing? No, yeah. that
0: was the answer I, I stumbled upon because I looked yeah. through uh turn, turn yeah, yeah, you gamma. Places. Do I looked on the
1: IGN wiki. Yeah. All
0: right. So uh, but, that's about it for Splatoon, unless anyone has anything else to add. Well I just, these
1: amiibo are really cute. Yeah, we have them here on the we Let's did it. an unboxing today, and yep. everybody should check it out. Uh, even if you're not interested in these designs, like I'm a little bit iffy on these designs. I don't think they're that great, but I really like the amiibo uh, qu- build quality, and they're just mm-hmm. like really cool looking. Yeah, and look I like at the squid. stand I think that on the
0: squid man. Like we're,
1: we are day, we are yeah. Light there's like years a splash from... of paint on on all of the bases. Which yeah, is really
0: we cool. are light years from the Zelda the the Link P stand gold thing. I think whatever they actually
2: called. designed. First of all, I think there's a lot of things we can say about the design of the amiibos. Mm-hmm. One, they're clearly actually designed to be. Figures and stand up and not have to have ridiculous. I'm holding Pit from Kid Icarus here with a yeah. little stand. Yeah. The poses from Smash um, Brothers
1: are from a video game. So they're
2: they're you know, these the, ones are designed to be toys. They're just they're more simply done, and I think that's going to help Nintendo. Uh, I, I, I I I certainly hope that Splatoon amiibos are not super hard to find. I actually don't think mm-hmm. they I don't will think they're going to be. They seem to be common. I the, think that they've pre-orders. I think they've done them. I think they can you know make more of these on a shorter time frame because they're not so. A ridiculously uh, o- overly elaborate. Like
1: the I, Smash I can't believe part. they have a clear uh, tank for the ink, and you yeah, can yeah. see the ink inside. They got a little yeah, ink paint. canister on the back that's see through yeah, with the, paint. They're in still
2: it. they're still really cool figures for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
0: splash of paint on the base was also a really really good touch because I know that was one of your disappointments with the Smash series that the base itself wasn't something on par with like a Skylanders where it's a little bit of a, a set. It all fits.
3: Yeah I, yeah, I get. I you know I never liked the coin as a stand for the Smash Brothers characters. I wish. It was a piece of that character's level, you know, the way that the, the Skylanders are designed. But, yeah. I mean, they're, they're serviceable, but these are much better. I mean, look when at the they, squid has a big paint splash at the bottom. When they
1: reissue yeah. the girl, they can make her nose into a little painted on triangle instead of a sticking out triangle. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what they do with the villager. All right.
0: All right, cool. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about some news and then we will be done with the show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Jose Otero here with Sam Claiborne, hey, Pierre Schneider, hey. Chris Kohler, and hey. we are talking about the Nintendo World Championships. <laughs> what year is it? Uh, <laughs> what year is it's, it? It's it's 2015.
1: 2015? It's not even the, an anniversary of the for championships. For the f- first
0: time in what? 24 25, years. Well, 24,
2: 25 years. 25 right. years since the Nintendo World Championships. Well, they had them in
1: 1990, yeah. Yeah. So, the the, car, the card is from 92 though. No, the card's
2: from it's 1990. 90. Okay, so it's 25. Yeah.
1: 25- so it's the 25th anniversary, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: for the first time during E3, Nintendo will basically host the finals of this thing. The Sunday of that week, apparently, is when yeah. they're rolling this out at some partner stores, I believe. Is it only Best Buy?
2: It's like eight Best Buy locations, right? Okay. Around the, around the U.S. Yes. One of the yes. Best the most
0: of them are in California.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: too. Not. It's, it's going to be a short it's flight This is
2: not, I mean, again, like they're calling it the Nintendo World Championships, and, you know, they have every right to do that. Yeah. But importantly, like when, when they did this in 1990, they went to, like, sports arenas, and they, I mean, they rented out, they had, a lot more money then. It was the height of Nintendo Mania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they did these, they, it was big, big, big things. This is, well, they're going one day uh, they're going to Best Buy's, and mm-hmm. you can go there and you can play the game. It's, so, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a nostalgia play, right? It's it's like yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying this is a. It, this is not a non. This is not a simple thing for them to do. This is a complicated thing that they're doing, yeah. but it's not as crazy as as mm-hmm. the 1991s, mm-hmm. But it's no, still that's
0: really fair. cool. It's a cool idea. Absolutely, yeah. uh, it feels like uh, definitely off of last year's Smash Bros. Invitational, and Nintendo yeah. is very clued into we need our fan support, and we should we have fan support. We should be using it. Um, And so something like this being during E3 I think is is a pretty cool thing for them, especially because their backs are against the wall with, you know, the other consoles on the other side, you know, iOS and smartphones on the other side. Although they're part of that market now. They're still not in it yet until those games show up. Did Um, you
1: play the remix mode it's based on? Um, no, I did not. So actually. in NES Remix Two, um, there's a there is a championship mode, which is like a reference to the Nintendo World Championships, uh, the original 1991s, which in which at that time it was you collect you know 25 coins in Super Mario Brothers, you you beat the first level of Rad Racer, and then play uh, Tetris for as long as you have left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and um, it's a great combination of games, and those aren't all made by Nintendo too, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But only
2: only one of them was. Yes, they were all published by Nintendo. But
1: yeah. yeah. They're, 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 uh, but the uh, this one is uh Dr Mario Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers three and it's uh it, it's not a is it, interesting of a mix but it's really cool that they they made that and then uh, as a you know world championship like thing and now they're actually using it for world championship right right mm-hmm. right and so they're the, not using the Splatoon major and the, major, Smash difference, Brothers and the major
2: difference between that competition and this one you can practice for this yes, competition. Yes, you can. Yeah, um,
3: you, you don't think there will be a surprise, like a game that nobody expects? Oh, I mean, you, you can practice for the
1: qualifiers. You can practice for the qualifiers. Well, you know, Fred Savage still knew where the warp whistle was, yeah. even though Which he was, hadn't course, practiced Which was, of course, not the Nintendo World Championships. That was video Armageddon. <laughs> and it's the major
2: on Nintendo. that this is that was fake.
1: <laughs> Fred Savage didn't know where it was. The girl was shouting at him. <laughs> no, knew Fred knew
2: Savage was. didn't play the games. Fred Savage's yeah, right, yeah. autistic younger brother Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. played the games. Oh, that's no, right. you're, you're committing the classic double dragon switcheroo. not yes. like Billy and yes, Jimmy. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, right? uh-huh. uh, so the game, the game sounds yeah. cool, and like I'm, I, I, I think that's really interesting. I, I want to know what the prize is. That's the most important thing. Well, first of
2: all, they haven't said what the prize is. They've said that they're going to pick eight finalists, one from each of the Best Buy stores. Mm -hmm. Then there's eight people that Nintendo is selecting and inviting to the competition. Mm -hmm. And they haven't said what – and they said the games they're playing at the competition are going to be different. Mm -hmm. So they haven't said what those are. They haven't said what the prize is. So We're hoping it's uh, some kind of limited video game.
1: It's going to be a new Mario Brothers.
2: Yeah, uh, our uh, it can just be a little Mac Amiibo. That thing's worth like a hundred bucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we
1: we brought uh, uh, a friend of the show, Steve Lin, on yes. before, and he's brought his Nintendo World Championship cartridges to IGN. We did a, a thing, and of course, you've brought some rear rare games too. We did the same show, but uh, he has two of the original uh, cartridges: the gray one and the gold one. There's a uh, 116 of them known to exist, mm. and uh, it's just amazing that, to, to see something that that you know is that rare from this competition back then. They have to simulate something.
3: Like, yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I think the the takeaway from this for me and is that they're using E3 to do something that is for gamers, right? Like E3 yeah. is the most wonderful place on earth for gamers with locked doors, right? right? Like mm-hmm. you can see, you can look in through our websites and our coverage, mm-hmm. but this is actually for gamers, you
2: know. Yeah, let's take a yeah. step back here. Nintendo is has been rethinking E3 for a long time, and I think it's really kind of latched on to a lot of really good, really important things. Um, I was very surprised coming back from E3 last year uh, to hear so many people saying, oh my God, Nintendo they ran E3. they absolutely ruled E3. It was yeah, like they did a live stream. really why time? did you think that? Yeah, because they did live streams of their games. like if I went to E3, I I don't know jack about Xenoblade Chronicles (laughs) X, but apparently they did a live stream at E3, which if you were at E3, you couldn't see it because you were at E3. But if you were sitting at home, you could watch this extensive live stream footage. And really... If you're at E3, and I mean if you if you're paying attention to E three coverage, you know, that's about that's that's about the best coverage you can possibly get is the developer and somebody from Nintendo just sitting down and do an extensive playthrough. Yeah, absolutely yeah. um the digital event, you know, not renting out a huge theater anymore or renting out a huge theater, but doing it for a Smash Brothers competition. Yeah. or you doing it for the Nintendo World Championships. Or, or Steam, which was weird last year. It's like look, people mm-hmm. you know that didn't assembling work. assembling yeah. the world's media and putting them into this theater. It's it's kind of almost counterproductive now, yeah. um, and and in just saying we're not going to do this anymore and we're going to do all this other kind of weird stuff, it makes yeah. a lot more sense. I no, hear you.
0: They, they owned it the, really well. They the, put Miyamoto on camera. They got Tezuka on camera. Like stuff that even we couldn't get as media, as people who were asking for this oh, stuff yeah. to bring coverage to our, to our audiences. Hey, I hear a pinball machine.
1: Yeah, that's
0: an awesome ringtone. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. They were able to, to roll that out and it makes what we do kind of challenging but at the same time, we offer a lot of opinion on that stuff whereas I, I, you
3: won't see that thing. Yeah, and, and that obviously, you know, last year's E3 was amazing traffic for us. Lots of people came Absolutely. specifically Specifically for those opinions and 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 get kind of like the follow up coverage. I will say that I mean that's one,
2: that's what we have to do right, now, right? But, I mean that that is what we have to do.
3: Yeah, it's it's less about access and more about opinion and yeah. like giving people insight. Um, no, but but the one challenge with that approach is the retailer relationship and the you know like there is something about having the entire GameStop management team in your press conference and getting them excited about new product that's going to debut in the fall and Nintendo Mm -hmm. does not have that factor right now and I do think that is an issue for them you know with Mm. E3 now they can solve that with afterwards when they meet with these companies Um, but at E3 that is the one factor that they're missing out on and I do think that has an impact because Nintendo's retailer relationship is not mm-hmm. awesome, and they're yeah, not excited about
2: products. We, we're not really retailers, so we don't really know right. like what is Nintendo doing to go and supplement that mm-hmm. um, and try to show retailers like this is how excited people are. Yeah. If they bring retailers by the booth, where Nintendo will still have tons of lines at yeah. the booth, they can show them the enthusiasm that's being generated without necessarily having to have like an audience applaud for things at a, at a press conference. Yeah,
3: not the same effect though. I will, well, I will yeah. tell you. But you know what? Yeah. That's that's going away though, yeah. because yeah. even
2: it, even Nintendo, which is which has always been a very traditional company. I mean, a lot of their, you know, more and more of their sales are digital. Yeah, we're just moving towards this age where really yeah. it's, it's companies interfacing with players yeah. rather than needing all the middle. Well, and they're between. watching
0: the reactions on social networks. They're watching yeah. the reactions on Facebook, which yeah. which can echo slightly louder only because it's it's not just contained to a conference. Owner. And that's right? a good
3: point, which is it's ironic that this E3 is probably the E3 with the most press conferences in like a decade. Oh yeah, oh, you know, oh, like gosh. there is now a Square conference. You, you get know, a conference as you
2: EA. <laughs> There's, there's, the, there's uh, the PC conference, right? Yeah. It's being run by PC Gamer. Yeah, yeah. are yeah, lots conference. of lots yep. of things. Just yep. to
0: drive back to Nintendo World Championships for a real quick bit. Before Every, we move everybody on, to one is, more thing about everybody is
2: everybody is trying to do a conference this year because the mm. stakes are so much higher. Like these companies, they have maybe one or two games that they're oh, going to release, steaks. and they the delicious stakes. <laughs> they have like one or two games they're going to release, and the the. It's getting to the point where they really have to make a huge splash with these games or they're they're in big trouble. Yeah. So I think that's why you see this sort of very, very rickety house of cards being built in which everybody is trying to make this gigantic splash now. For sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, what I was going to end Sorry. on was that Nintendo World Championship, do you think that uh, we'll possibly see
2: the original ROM on Virtual Console? Do you think they end or do they just quietly no, roll that out? No, because oh, I don't really on. think they want to yeah. like – if they were gonna do it, they'd have done it. I don't think they want to go a relicensed ride Racer from Square. Um, they have to or, build in the dip switch setting somehow, which be right, right. I don't straight. think they. And you know what? It's it did come out in Japan. If it had come out in Japan, maybe. Yeah. But it was really <laughs> very much an American thing, and for them to try to convince the Japanese engineers to like work on that, they're gonna be like, why? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. they, they did add the pie
1: level to Donkey Kong, which is pretty pretty amazing. We should all just be happy with that. It's yes. true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so thinking of that. All right. And then lastly, we will end with uh, one more E3 story, which is that we've learned uh, Satoru Iwata will not be at E3 again in 2015. So last year, uh, President of Nintendo, Satoru Iwata, missed E3 because of health concerns. Uh, He was advised by a doctor not to go. It ended up being a growth on his bile duct, which was kind of gross when that finally came out. Yeah. Uh, too much you information. Know, we still, but we we're still seeing him sort of recover from that. Like he looks a lot thinner for yeah. the last time, or excuse me, the first time we saw him, which was I feel like the Nintendo DNA conference, or maybe even the. Oh yeah, uh, last uh, time was the financial that.
2: the financial briefing yes. that was just uh, earlier this month.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse me, I mean
2: the first time he's, we saw him. Said, he's still yeah. skinnier. That I mean, that may be connected to his recovery from mm-hmm. the disease. It may be he changed some things about his health. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like who who really knows?
0: Yeah, but regardless, um, he chose to. Opt out of this one
2: well that's what they're saying yeah important to remember you know last year nintendo said it was because of his health that's Mm -hmm. what they said Mm -hmm. you know this year nintendo said that he has things keeping him in japan Mm. i mean it it may it may be ongoing health issues it may not be it may be absolutely that he just has other things to do in japan which is very very strange um E three is kind of huge it, and important. But he'll be on the direct and stuff, though. He'll be on the direct, but he films those in Japan. It yeah. could it
3: could also be cost savings, right? Like that is if you, as a CEO, want to make a statement about an event, right? Like uh, about mm-hmm. sp- about your income, your earnings. You you can say, hey, I'm not going to go to E three, yeah. and we're we have redu- reduced footprint, blah blah blah, it, right? And it yeah. could it could simply
2: be that he, if by saying I'm not going to go to E three, it precludes any media outlet from wanting to get an interview with mm-hmm, him because right. they're just like well he's not a D three. Um and you know, there might be a reason for Nintendo to just not really want to have him doing too many like wide-ranging interviews about video games at this point because maybe he doesn't really want to get asked about the NX because or, there's nothing to say yet. Maybe or, he doesn't want to get asked about smartphones from everybody because yeah, there's nothing yeah, to say. Or, or, of, maybe or, he doesn't want to get asked about like the fact that the Wii U isn't doing very well because yeah. he doesn't want to. There's no good answer. There's one more. There's one yeah.
3: more conspiracy theory, and that's you know hmm. when when uh, the leader of a company is on his way out. You are not putting them in front of the press. Exactly. Right? Like yep. and that could be could be again related to health. You know, you could be looking at a retirement early retirement at the end of the year because of health reasons or something. And so right. maybe they're keeping him out of the press because so
1: of So he doesn't like drop the mic and just tell all? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You, yeah, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. really, really. Who knows? You know, yep. you
2: cannot simply take at face value what Nintendo says. It could be that, or it could be any number of other things. But it is. It is a little weird it when is. the CEO of Nintendo, when when Iwata does not go to E three. Yep. No, build a little
0: bit more on that. Why? Like, what specifically does that sort of say? It's it's people?
2: the biggest yearly event for the video games industry. Typically, all of your executives go out. That's where the executive, mm-hmm. you know, meets the press, and you know, that's where the the CEO goes there and talks to retailers and like, you know, all and the so much peers, business gets done.
1: His peers in the Japanese yeah. game industry. I don't think they all just like come together for some reason anytime else. I mean, mm-hmm. TGS, Nintendo doesn't even go to that. Right. That's like, right. this is the time for. All Japanese developers to and and people that are running the companies to all kind of see each other and meet each other. I mean, yeah. it, it's really important that he, he, he but, would be there. I but would imagine. you know,
3: I mean, the it, it will still work because they do pre-record stuff for their media briefings, right? So you will get some FaceTime. I think from it's going to be a hologram in this the year. show. It might be a hologram, <laughs> yeah, projected from earrings. It's
2: yeah. I mean, it's they're going to miss out for on Jim. him being able to you know take all the meetings that he usually takes at E3, yep. but. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it so could. Is going to mess it, out on the IGN interview? It, I mean, come could on. It could just simply be that they realize that just they, they gain more by having him at home and not having to worry about scheduling interviews or meetings with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, or, yeah. Or, I mean, or it could be that he's been advised to not travel for health reasons again, but they could don't want to say that two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No. It's a good point. Yeah. Alright,
0: well there you have it folks uh, Hopefully if it is health, r- health related Mr. Sure water gets well But if not, you can always count on this podcast To be around uh, every week here at IGN uh, Thank you for listening What to if we
2: get on a growth in Chat. our bile ducts? I hope not, that's gross <laughs> But
0: uh, thank you for listening to this on The Voice Chat We're a weekly show on IGN But we have a dozen and other podcasts for you to listen to Shows, features, we have videos on this site So make sure you come over to IGN.com Check out our content, check out what we're doing A lot of cool stuff yeah, no, Can we have know, a
3: something? we have again. Like, if you're into Game of Thrones, we're we've got a little experiment running right now called Dragons on the Wall. That's a weekly Game of Thrones podcast where you know folks from uh, our LA office or even here talk about the episode. Yeah, this you know, week's is really half, good. Yeah, this is gonna be good, right?
1: Well, well, this 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 one from that's coming up this week. It's the seventh episode of the season, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times the seventh eighth episode is when all the action happens. Yep. So I mm-hmm. think this is maybe this the be shocker big. episode. And of course, right? last week's I highly recommend you go back to the archive of that show because the one uh that that previously happened was uh, a really sensitive topic that I think the podcast just handled really well and it's just I listened the whole thing and they
3: script. do this nice split where the first half of the of the talk is usually for fans who have seen the latest episode and then mm-hmm. the second half is the spoiler if you've read the book kind of episode uh, so okay. they set it up really nicely of course Jose is often on the uh, fire team chat epi- uh, podcast uh, all about destiny right.
0: right we like they, our little and they talk podcasts.
1: about some on that too right You oh no, no but we're going to be you talking about are all about, playing
0: uh, no we're going to be talking a lot about house of wolves which uh, uh, just came out this week. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Like Bungie is sort of learning, thank God, because Dark Below was a, a major disappointment for a lot of us. Um, yeah. And if you like our podcast, you can leave us feedback. Uh, first, uh, Firstly, you can email us at mvc at ign.com. And if not, you can head on over to iTunes and also just leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show.
3: What happened to the NX predictions? When are we going to do Next this? Next week, I promise. I didn't, wanna, I
0: didn't want to have Chris sit through okay, that. Good. Chris wa- I didn't prep Chris for this. I'll tell so you I what, what it's going to be. A- All, right, All right, let's hear it. Chris Kohler. It's going to be... NX <laughs> prediction.
2: NX is going <gonna> <laughs> port- to port- be a portable that docks. NX is going to be... It's going to be a portable It's going to be a portable machine. Um, I don't know if it's going to be, you're not going to put Wii U discs into it, but it's going to be really, really easy to port Wii U software to it. So you're going to play Wii U software on this <laughs> portable, and then you're going to take it home, and you can plug it into your TV, and the games can be can be home games. That's what NX is. But NX is really a platform, and they're going to introduce various versions, like just a home version or just a portable version. But okay. yeah, that's okay. what the first the first one will be. Okay. It'll, it'll dock at home. There nice. you go. Done. I'm nice. I'm buying. It on. The marker. It. I'm
0: buying. I'm buying one. Everybody on this hybrid console. Thing. I'm going oh,
2: yeah. with a
1: three screen handheld. <laughs> <They>,
2: Nintendo. Nintendo <laughs> cannot have two totally separate platforms. 4DS. Anymore. Yeah. No, I think mm. it no. doesn't have the resources to have a, a Game Boy and an NES anymore. It has to all, all has to be one.
0: Or it would if it would just make a box that third parties want to make games for. But well, at the end of the that's day, compounds you know problem.
2: It, 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 it. You know what they should if they, if, if they can't make one box that third parties don't want to make games for they shouldn't be making <laughs> two boxes that uh-huh. third parties don't want to make games I'm glad you said that only because
0: a lot just of people don't realize that happens with 3DS right like where are mm. third party games on 3DS these days
2: unless you like Garfield Kart well is there a Garfield Kart game that's, uh, there was a
1: leaked image of one yeah, I'm getting awesome. one all right. uh, there's there a Puzzle and Dragons game packed in with Puzzle and Dragons Mario that's a third party game yeah. No, yeah, they heard no, you yeah. like Puzzle and Dragons yeah. so they put <laughs> Puzzle and Dragons they in put in them Puzzle together yeah. alright cool. I All also right. just really quickly wanted to give yep. a shout out to the NBC Amiibo group on Facebook which is just a total riot and I really like uh, hanging out there so.
3: cool
0: excellent alright great well then that's uh, that's our show you can find us on Twitter you can find Pear Schneider at Pear IGN you can find Samuel Claiborne at Samuel underscore IGN you can IGN. find Wired's Chris Kohler
2: at Kobun Heat K-O-B B-U-N-H-E-A-T. What's a kobun? It's a surf bot. There you go. Yeah. And heat (laughs) is heat. And lastly,
0: you can find me, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week with more Nintendo voice chat.